everyone. Joe Soto here and welcome to the, the Not Your Average Joe show. We have another Not Your Average Joe with us today. We have the founder, the creator of the franchise building expert, um, one of the top franchise consultants in the world. And he's on the show today to talk about five tips for sustainable business growth. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back with Don Shen. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. Don Shen's in the house. Welcome, Don. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Well, I used to do these shows sitting down, but now I'm standing up because I, I just, I think my, you know, my wife says I need the exercise, number one, plus <laughs> I got to get the stand ring closed on my, my iWatch. So I'm standing up more. I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show, man. No worries. No worries. It's a pleasure. Listen, pleasure. I've known, I've known Don for um, almost a decade now, which is really crazy. I think 2011, 2012, around that time frame, we first met. Uh, introduced by a mutual friend, Jeffrey Gittimer. I was uh, kind of just starting uh, a relationship with Jeffrey and, to, and going on his seminars and doing lunch and learns. And uh, you were uh, working with Jeffrey. Jeffrey had worked with Action Coach, one of the, 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 one of the world's largest, I think maybe the largest yeah. coaching yeah. franchise uh, in the world. And you, at the time, were overseeing like a whole region as a master director, and now uh, you work with them, but you also do franchise consulting. You're one of the top franchise uh, consultants. And give us a little background first, a little backstory, because you've overseen executive coaches. I call you the coach's coach. And everyone who's coming on here, they're going to get all kinds of gold, great insight from, from Don based on his experience. So real quick background on your experience to set the stage here. Yeah, yeah. Well, after 23 years in the corporate world, traveled all over the world physically, lived overseas, uh, decided to uh, to get out of the rat race of, of uh, trying to climb the ladder and once in a while finding out that the ladder is on the wrong wall. <laughs> and I decided to uh, decided to step out on my own. And I actually worked a little bit with a with a personal coach, a career coach, and long story short, decided that I really needed to be in a people business. I really needed to be in an environment where I was I was giving value and helping people. And boy, one of the greatest ways to do that is to help people into business for themselves. And franchising, you know, I just strongly recommend that franchising is really the way to do it if it's your very very first uh, venture out. So uh, I was doing my research. I uh, found this uh, this company that was coming to North America. It was at the time Australian based, uh, and I literally was the very first franchise partner for wow. Action Coach uh, here in the United States back in the year 2000. And that just launched my uh, entrepreneurial spirit. That launched uh, a variety of different businesses over the last 20 years. But that's what got me into franchising. That's what got me into coaching. I didn't realize that you were the first essentially action coach here a lot of people maybe haven't heard of action coach but i can assure you um they've got an amazing system that they train their coaches in for business coaching we're going to glean some of those insights from don today um but when i first started my social media marketing agency in 2010 
Don. Um, we were growing so fast. We were bringing on so many new clients. I was hiring people. I was trying to figure out, the, you know, the the outsource world and the do I hire and bring, build a team. Uh, and I was kind of a mess because I was stressed. I was I was working a lot of hours. Um, at the time, we had six of our nine children, and I sought out a action coach and worked with one of Action Coach's top business coaches, as you know, and you we both know Monty, and and uh, paid him a monthly retainer, a monthly fee, which at the time I thought was a little crazy. I remember my wife questioning it, and I said, you know, no, I I I know <clears throat> I need help. Like I don't have the operational efficiencies down. I don't have the the hiring stuff down. The things that hey Justin, hey Scott, I don't have the you know the 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 business down, and I was growing fast. So there's more to a business than just marketing and sales. And I'm, you know, obviously heavily focused on sales and marketing. Of course, it's an important piece, especially when you're first getting going. And I wanted my focus to be on marketing and sales, but I also needed to make sure that if I'm going to grow my business, it doesn't fall apart. And yeah. uh, that's where you guys come in. So let's let's start getting yeah. into some of these tips. Yeah, yeah. And just one one real quick yeah. point on what you said is, and there's a real myth in coaching. It used to be that people, uh, in fact, even today, to some extent, people believe that your business has to be in trouble. Your business has to be struggling right. for you to have for you to reach out and get a coach. But you were a great example of a, a booming business, and we're seeing that in in today's. In today's uh, situations, today's economy and what's going on in the world, there are a lot of businesses that are are coming to Action Coach, coming to coaches that are booming right now, and they've never been at that point, and and they're really really struggling with the growth. And so, uh, anyway, just a quick point I wanted to wanted to share with no, you. That, that's a great that's a great insight because a lot of the people who might be watching or uh, viewing this now and, and and later listening to the podcast, driving down the road as this gets put on the Apple and podcasts and everywhere else, um, a lot of them are consultants and they are business coaches and or they're uh, agency owners and they're constantly trying to get into the mind of the customer. And this is good insight because uh, most, in fact, it's, it's almost the, the opposite of if you were to only go after the ones that are struggling, they may not financially be able to retain you. That's so exactly. kind of your ideal client is someone who, who is, is wanting to grow or they're in a growth phase and they have a budget to get help and they're aware of it. Right. And, and so absolutely, absolutely. for me, for me, I also, this is another thing. I kind of needed a sounding board. Like, you know, my wife could only take so much. I'll go home and vent <laughs> to my wife about things. But who am I going to talk to about hiring decisions and issues I have when you're a kind of a solopreneur? Who's, then all of a sudden you're the CEO and owner and there's no you don't have any peers. This is also the value of being in a mastermind group is that you get around people of like minds like you. But in that, in my case back then, I didn't have that at the time. And I was and even if I did, a business coach works with you on a more granular, granular level. Um, and it's also it's also a good reason for franchising. Again, uh, probably about 80 percent yeah. of the people I talk to who are looking to get into business for themselves are like me. They're coming out of the corporate world. They're used to having colleagues around them. They're used to having uh, a structure and people around them. And for them to just it's like diving into, uh, you know, a, a cold bath of some sort. If they try to do it on their own, there's so much structure that they're missing and they're losing. And, and it's difficult for them to get started on their own. So, 
Okay, so let's get into you. We got five tips. We may end up having like seven or eight by the time we're done, but <laughs> let's rock and roll. What's your first tip for sustainable business growth? Yeah, the first one, the first one is, and this is something that I that I feel all highly successful business people that I've met do this. And so the first one I'd say is to know your numbers. Um, you cannot improve, you cannot change, you cannot improve what you don't measure. And so consequently, knowing your numbers is extremely important. You know, there are fundamental numbers that you need to know, your sales, uh, your conversion rates, your your profitability numbers. But each business is also unique. It's each industry is also unique. Uh, so, uh, I, for example, I used to own a telemarketing company, as you know. Uh, and and uh, some of those numbers were how many dials were made in an hour, those kinds, how many connections were made in an hour. So and it's not just having a report that you maybe look at every month. It's really knowing these numbers, having them on the tip of your tongue, always having them in your mind. So I'd say the first one I'd like to share is knowing your numbers. So good. I When I meet with uh, new clients and I ask them, um, what's your current what's your current customer acquisition cost? Right. It's. And I always say that the more I can get my potential client to say, I don't know, probably the, the more my fee is going to go up because I'm going to have more work to do. Yeah. But in their case, they don't usually know that. And that's the first thing. It's like what you're saying is they, the businesses don't know their numbers. But so this is twofold. There's two parts of this conversation. One is, is uh, how can this help you and your business to grow? And then also, how do you look at this? If you do work with clients, how can you help them, uh, you know, navigate these crazy times as well and grow. So and know your numbers. Great one. Statistics have actually shown that even just the simple uh, focus on and measurement of certain keys in your business is going to increase it. And the, the things I've read have said it's going to increase it 10% just being focused on it uh, and, and uh, just being focused on and measuring it. So there, there's there's automatic uh, paybacks. Does, you know, what, what does goal setting or you know, goal projection or numbers projection, how does that play into this know your numbers piece or if it does it at all? Well, yeah, I think it does because it really, it, it sets your your mind, you know, if you want to get into some of the psychology, it, it sets your uh, rectac reticular activating system yeah. uh, uh, at for- The RAS. Yes, your, your RAS, your RAS. It sets that uh, on achievement, it sets that uh, because you know our our every day there are thousands of things going through our mind, going past us, messages, and and so the only way for us to achieve things, for our minds to grab on to something, is to set that goal, put it in writing, set that goal, and then suddenly your your mind will will help you succeed, help you achieve those goals. Got it. And it gives you some benchmarks to, to be able to, you know, maybe uh, gauge or measure yourself against. I There's a there's a book, I, the, the author's escaping me, but uh, he wrote a book called uh, Measure What Matters. Yep. And uh, the whole book is about knowing your numbers. And I, this is invaluable. People tend to run from it and, and avoid it, especially if they're, you know, depending what type of entrepreneur they are. Um, right. Some, some, I should say, some tend to avoid it and it gets them in hot water later. Okay, what's tip number two? Tip number two is acquire new business last. And the reason uh. I and the reason I say that is um, for in most businesses, it takes a couple of transactions before you're actually operating or deal, doing business with them profitably. And so uh, I always encourage folks to do things that 
are uh, are increasing their number of transactions, uh, increasing their average dollar sale with their current customers because it takes uh, again it takes more uh, more of an offer, a larger offer to attract someone to have them change suppliers or change the way they buy or change something that they do buy. So those first couple transactions are more expensive; they're not profitable. And so if you're looking for new uh, if you're looking for a more profitable business, you want to deal more often with your current uh, clients. So a couple of key things to to oh, share man. on this one is um, for I, I'll just give you a couple of quick examples. Average dollar sale uh, is uh, like if you're going into a uh, into a paint store, uh, and uh, what what is the what should they be doing with you at the paint store? They should be asking you about what's your project. Uh, are, are you is it a new building? So you need primer plus paint. Are you painting ceilings, vaulted ceilings? So you need rollers and extensions. Uh, are you painting a room where there's furniture in it? So you need drop claws. Uh, so that those are all things that will have someone go in and buy, you know, fifty dollars worth of paint uh, versus buying, a, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of the materials that they need for their project. So that's an average dollar sale thing. You're trying to get the average dollar sale up with the with the uh, customer that you're dealing with. Um, and a number of transactions. It's an easy one. All of us do it. Anybody that uh, that uh, that you or goes to Starbucks or goes to their coffee shop, uh, my believe it, I believe it or not, I still get my haircut. Uh, my haircut uh, stylist, uh, she has a card, and after uh, twelve uh, visits, uh, I get a free one. After twelve visits to the coffee shop, you get a free one. That's encouraging. It's a loyalty card. That's encouraging people to come back more often to their location. So that's just a quick example of number of transactions, ways that you can very easily get people to come back on a regular basis. This is great because we put a, such a focus on new customer acquisition <clears throat> and your, uh, your polarity response would be, no, 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 acquire the new business last. If you have an existing customer base or a client base, or would it be safe to say even a past client base revisiting past customers and clients, not just existing. So in the case of a service, a professional service-based business like mine, there's there are clients that we haven't worked with since 2011, 2012. And one of them, I, I, I really believe some, you know, God works in mysterious ways, but just in terms of thinking, you know, about past customers, all of a sudden they show up in your life again. And this happened for me because one of our clients from, a you know, seven, eight years ago, that I had been thinking about, had mentioned in a conversation, calls me like literally out of the blue. And, and I'm thinking, well, I've already kind of done what I could do to help him. And then when he started sharing what his issues were, I'm like, no, he's a perfect fit for this new program I have. And um, now we're having, we talk tomorrow. And I'm like, this, this is exactly what you're talking about, but doing it proactively, not reactively. I was reactive, but to, to go back maybe into your past client list and say, what else could you help them with? Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and it, again, it's particularly uh, important if you're, you know, say your business is, is kind of bumping along, you're doing okay, 
uh, but you need to get more profitable. Uh, the first reaction, and nothing against marketeers, but the first reaction is often, let's go out and get new business. And and you, you don't, most folks don't often realize that it takes a couple of transactions. Uh, so you want to bring in business that at least short term is going to be unprofitable for you if you're really looking to build your profits. If you're if you're in that situation where you you really need to to increase your profit margins as opposed to just necessarily bring your sales up. And it's less expensive because you're not paying you're not paying as much in marketing dollars. Like you said, if it's a prior client list, you you might be emailing them uh, something that's just not that expensive to reach back out to a, a a database that of people that that did business with you before. It's a whole lot cheaper. <clears throat> it's a whole lot cheaper and brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, tip number three. All right, tip number three is only do business with your best customers. Uh, this is one I learned from Action Coach. Action Coach actually encourages its customers from time to time to rank or rate your clients, your customers, A, B, C, D, and F. The reality is you will work your tails off satis- trying to satisfy the Ds and the F type clients. No matter what you do, in fact, you'll do more for them than you do for any of your customers, and they're still not going to be satisfied. Uh, so your Ds and your Fs are actually most likely not profitable, and you're knocking yourself out. And you know, the bottom line is they're just not enjoyable to do business with. Yeah. You know, we're in business for ourselves to enjoy what we're doing, and if you're dealing with people that that are difficult to do business with. It's just not enjoyable. Uh, the A's and the B's will be very profitable. They'll take less effort uh, to satisfy. They'll take less effort to delight. So you, from time to time, you want to look at your customer base and say, these are some ones I need to stop doing business with. And these are some ones I really need to increase my business with. I, I love I love this one. I, I, I would just add the twist to it, which is... Um, only do business with your best um, ideal clients too, or ideal customers if you don't yet have any. So if you're brand new, and you're in, is to be very cautious who you take on in the first place. I, um, uh, I think it was now a year ago when they were playing football mm-hmm. in stadiums with fans. Uh, I was at um, I had a client. It might have been two years now, uh, but I had a a client that I had, I had just brought on, who's from fairly local here in this, at least in within about an hour radius of me, I won't mention what he has, but he had about a $5 million business and had a marketing person full time. And I just kept having the spidey senses go up. Like this guy might be really difficult to work with because in the sales process, he was already making things kind of difficult, which is almost unjust in an unjustified way. And I, you know, you, you sometimes go against the grain cause you're focused on, well, this is, this is a pretty big deal. This one was a you know five figure retainer and nice little chunk of, of a change for an extended for the value we we're going to give them. And uh, as soon as we got the agreement signed, it was like a, it was like a, it was a uh, Thursday and I was going to the Thursday night football game to see the dolphins lose to the Ravens, unfortunately, cause I'm a dolphins fan. And I will never, I don't forget. And I was out to dinner with my family and he, he was uh, already calling and texting repeatedly (laughs) and for something that couldn't be addressed until the next day anyway, at all. It was about a promotion that wasn't going to run until the following Monday, but he just wanted his answer right then. And uh, instead I answered the phone and fired him (laughs) and said, this is not, this already is not going to work. And, uh, 
because it was an it was really a crazy amount of uh, contact. So, yeah, I mean, you get to choose who you do business with, and no amount of money is gonna uh, make up for the misery somebody might put you through if you're if you're spending time with them. So, Absolutely. if you have existing customers and clients, spend time with the ones that make you make you feel good, and that you can and you can do that in return. So, I love Absolutely. that. Great tip. Absolutely. All right, Thanks. number four. These are all yeah. surprises to me, by the way. I asked Don to come up with these. <laughs> I sprung it on him with like a day notice. And I know he's got like 398 of these, but I said, can you just come up with five? So now we're rocking and rolling. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. And so the next one really ties in and and it is uh, to, uh, to ask for referrals or to use referrals as a deliberate uh, uh, marketing strategy as a del del deliberate uh, customer acquisition strategy, and there's a couple of there are a couple of key points. It ties into your uh, to the last one I just mentioned the the rating or the ranking of your clients because you don't want to ask referrals from the D and the F type clients because who right. are they going to refer? The yeah. exact same type of client. So you want to know your A's and your B's. You want to ask for referrals from those folks. You want to be deliberate about it. Uh, but you also, surprisingly, people want to help you. People want to do this, but they don't always sense what's in it for them. And, and the bottom line in a lot of cases is uh, we have to teach our clients how to give us referrals. And so, uh, for example, particularly if you're in B&B, &B, the reality is if you become a trusted referral source, if you become the type of person that's uh, and business that's always adding value to other businesses and other business people. Um, that's a that's kudos. That's something that uh, you you raise your your status level in the business community. So giving referrals to people, giving good referrals to people, uh, is important. But people don't think of it that way. So we need to educate them on that. And then the other thing is a, a business that is. Um, heavily uses referrals uh, or uses referrals to a certain extent that it that it's impactful to their business, uh, we can actually share with our customers, you know, uh, well, part of the reasons why you don't see a lot of price increases from us uh, is that we've been able to hold down our pricing because our costs are lower because we get a lot of referrals. Uh, and so, again, people relate to them to the benefit to themselves for giving you the referral. So referrals is a huge, huge strategy if you ask uh, for them from the right people and you teach them how to how to give you a referral and why it's important to them. I, I love this. I And I know people who have very successful agencies, consultancies, coaching businesses that um, built it off referrals solely. I know businesses and business owners like you know that have installed referral-based uh, marketing into their business and 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 based uh and built their business that way why what do you think stops people from asking for referrals <clears throat> i think that one of the biggest thing is they they think that uh they're going to impose upon someone uh and again if they've if they're teaching people why it's important to give them referrals i think people will not feel imposed upon uh they'll they'll understand what they're getting out of it and they're understanding how they're helping you so I, I think it's probably there's just something sometimes uncomfortable about saying, "Hey, Joe, can you give me a referral?" Right. You know, uh, I I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles. I I uh, have a method for asking that I think helps alleviate some of that, but uh, and it's it's very simple. It's just approaching your either someone you've done good work for, 
or even somebody who's told you no, like let's say you're in a sales conversation or a sales situation and the person just says it isn't for them, it's not the right time and whatever, is uh, the question I teach is who else should I be talking to that you believe could benefit from what I do and how we serve? <clears throat> and then you don't have to say the word referral. You just say, who else should I be talking to? And I That's find right. when you're doing that with somebody who rejected you or somebody who just wasn't the right timing, it's almost like a, a way out for them and a kind of a scapegoat to have to address the uncomfortable of telling you no. So they actually quickly give you a referral. And then yeah. with existing customers and existing clients, if you ask, they'll tend to give you almost a list. But I find they'll never give you that list. No one ever gives you referrals if uh, because they think like you kind of were alluded to they kind of think everything's okay with you if you unless you ask so you just you have to be willing to ask and i, I find more and more people one. just don't ask I, i'm amazed at how many business people just aren't yeah. even asking for the referrals like and as you said people are wanting to or p- people are happy to or more will go out of their way to to help you and, and it's interesting you know your point about the someone you didn't you didn't do business with um i, I think a really really key point about how you treat uh, your sales process, how you interact with people, because uh, if you if if they get a bad taste in their mouth uh, about your 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 engagement at, or not even your engagement, but the way you engage them through the sales process, well, then you can't ask for that referral. They're they're going to go, "What are you crazy? This was a horrible experience." But it, but the ability to ask for referrals and get them. Uh, will be based on how how did they feel? Did they still have a great experience working with you, even though it wasn't the right decision to go forward with you? I and I, I like what you said a little earlier about it when you said your way of kind of asking was to pre-frame it with how we keep our costs down or how we're able to do what we do is because we don't have to spend money on advertising or we don't put a weighted strategy on that. We work through word of mouth, we work through referrals. You know who 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 should I be talking to, or who, sh- who? And then what will happen is sometimes these people will they'll they'll give they'll actually make an introduction for you. I found this with doing my show like this. If I get a guest on, a lot of times I'll ask them who else should be a guest for the show, and then if they have two or three people top of mind, I'll ask, and I don't know who they are. I'll say, would you mind doing a short, quick like email intro, and I'll take it from there. And they always, you know, I've never had anyone say no. You know, I'm not you know, I think you should do this person, but I'll never introduce you. They all say yes. And, and 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 conversion rate on referrals is dramatically higher than your normal conversion rates. So yeah. so your speed to the sale, your speed to dollars will be faster yeah. with referrals uh, because they already uh, they already feel they have that trusted relationship and confidence with you because someone they they trusted made the referral. So there's a whole lot of reasons why this is a great strategy to implement. We for a short time in our agency, 2015, 16, part of 17, we focused. Um, a part of our agency on just getting and working with restaurant owners. And uh, I found that, you know, people would ask me, like, especially agency owners, I would teach how to sell to local businesses and, you know, which it could include restaurant owners. They would say, could I close them in one meeting on a one call close? And my answer was always the same. It's a relationship business. You'll need to see the, the restaurant owner probably two times, maybe three times even in the sales process to build the amount of rapport and trust and understanding of what the relationship could look like if they work with you, unless they're a referral. You they're a referral. You already, half the battle is already done. You just have to demonstrate the competence that somebody referred that you had, referred to them that you had. And in one call, you can have a, a, a client-based relationship signed and agreed to. 
Yep. And that was the only time I really even went for the one call closes because I don't want buyer's remorse. So remorse and the relationship's really important to me. All right, let's move to tip number five. That was awesome. Fifth one is always be learning. Uh, at Action Coach, we have often taught, we, we've used the phrase learn and then earn. Uh, we've often said that that if the owner is not growing, then the business isn't growing. So, so you know, take advantage of the opportunities. And if you if you're on a tight budget, there's a lot of free resources out there that you can go. Action Coach has got an incredible website uh, with regards to resources that that are all free. They just go there and grab them. Uh, but but try to put some money aside to be able to go to some uh, workshops or go to some seminars, uh, especially now that it's virtual. I think prices have come down yeah. uh, and, and more stuff's available because it, it's virtual uh, so that you don't have to travel to another city or, or something. You can just jump online. But it's, you know, again, I, I remember being at an Action Coach conference uh, last year and we had the top uh, six uh, franchise partners on stage that in all of North America. And the thing that I that I saw was one of the common threads was the fact that they took advantage of all of the learning opportunities that they could afford. Uh, whenever they came up, they they did them. They took advantage of them. So learn and earn. If you want your business to grow, you have to grow as the owner. I love that. You you said if the owner isn't learning, the company business isn't growing. Is that how you said it? If the owner isn't growing, the business isn't growing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, ways to invest in yourself. Let's talk about how about favorite a couple of favorite books. I always like to ask guests about their favorite books. What's one or two uh, of your favorite business books or books um, that you would recommend people pick up, read, consume? Yeah, this time. boy, this is this is always a tough a tough question because I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make some people angry that I didn't remember their books because it was years ago maybe okay. that I read their books. But the the couple of books that I've been that I've uh, just read in the last uh, the last three months or so, uh, one was um, uh, Sales EQ by Jeb Blount. Okay, um, Jeb was uh, again at, at an Action Coach conference. Jeb was a keynote speaker at one of our conferences. Uh, the second book that he, or the second book that I've read is uh, fanatical prospecting. Um, um, yeah, incredible, by him. In, in, incredible book. Uh, it's, it's just anybody that sells or anyone who is an owner of a business that, that has to be selling or has sales people, this fanatical prospecting was incredible. Just a mindset shift almost to, to be, uh, to be constantly focused on, on filling your pipeline. And if you're not, if you, if you fail for a month, then guess what? You're going to have a month where your sales go down as well. So uh, those are a couple of the ones, of course, Jeffrey Gittimer's, uh, all of Jeffrey's uh, books, uh, uh, the, uh, the yes book, uh, the sales Bible. Those are, are just books that I go over and over and over. And um, just a, just a real quick one, which is a really wild, crazy one, but uh, Wallace D. Waddles, the Science of Getting Rich. That book just popped up on something else I was reading. Incredible, incredible book. Uh, I think you can only get it used nowadays. I don't think it's in print anymore. Uh, but Wallace D. Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich is incredible. Such a, such a great book and, a, and an easier, shorter read than than Think and Grow Rich um, yeah. uh, and, and along those lines. But uh, powerful. I love that book. I didn't have... 
I don't have sales EQ. I feel like I have every uh, every book in the world because I have an Amazon package that comes almost every day with a book in it. I don't have that one. I do have fanatical prospecting, and but I'm excited to uh, grab sales EQ. So I'll throw in a couple uh, recent ones that I read. This is uh, the 12 week year by uh, Brian Moran and it looks like Michael Lennington. But this is a, you can see it's a New York Times bestseller. And yet a lot of people haven't even heard of it. Um, get more done in 12 weeks than most people get done in 12 months. It's it's really interesting how they condense it. And I know you guys do something similar with Action Coach, which is like these 90-day sprints. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we call it the 90-day planning process. We we work with a business owner to develop a three-year plan. And then we look back and we say, okay, after one year, where would we have to be to reach that three-year uh, threshold? And then, of course, every 90 days, we're saying, what do we have to do in the next 90 days in order to reach our annual goal? So, uh, yeah, that this uh, 12-week concept is is brilliant. I have one other book to show you. Okay, yeah. I'm going to step away just one quick second. Let's do it. And I'll, I'll mention this one real quick. I'll bring you back. So I have also, uh, and I recommend this one, since, since it's so big, I'll take up the whole screen here, Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Vern wrote also The Rockefeller Habits, which is really good. The Rockefeller Habits was one of the first books Monty suggested I read, by the way, when he was my business coach. And yeah. it gave me um, you know, like the primer to scaling up, which is really about, it says how, you know, how a few companies make it and why the rest don't. And it mainly comes down to planning and being purposeful with all areas of your business and strategic. And it's also um, written in a way that even somebody like myself with a little bit of ADHD and um, and the right, you know, right brain, it helped. I can still do it. I can still tackle the exercises. So I would encourage, um, you'd look into Vern Harnish's books. He owns. Yeah, and I think they have, don't they have the one, uh, the one page plan or two, uh, yeah, the, big, have, the, yeah, the one page strategic metal. plan, the one page right. strategic yeah. plan. I love that. Okay. Yes, I have it. That was next. <laughs> um, to my left. Yeah, there you go. It. <laughs> you beat me to it. Got to do a little self-promotion. No. So Don wrote, sorry, Don, I'll talk for you here. Don wrote a book called How, How uh, Can You Relate? He also has a companion devotional, I guess, goes to it because there's a lot of faith-based principles in the book based, and, and it's really around human relations, which, by the way, uh, my bachelor's degree uh, from, from William Penn University uh, is is psychology because it was I took every psychology class the, the college the college offered, but they actually coined the term or not coined it they termed it instead of psychology they called it human relations because they had a slant on humanistic psychology and so they called it human relations. So I love the term human relations because that's what my degree is in, and your book um, encompasses it. So talk a little bit about about the book. Yeah, you know what I what I did was. Uh, it, it, I looked at years that I felt were my most successful years, not just in business or wealth building, but in life. When I when I felt overall, these were my most successful years. And I went back and looked at and analyzed why. Why was this? And what I what I determined was that the quality of my relationships, I was very, very deliberate about key relationships. And that that just really made it a holistically successful year. And so that's what I do in the book. I outline all of the types of relationships that I feel we need to to live more holistically, to to live more on purpose, uh, yeah. to live with with greater focus and uh, and and just again, overall, uh, a more successful life. and that's 
that's what the book's about. Awesome. Awesome. So how can people find out more about Don Shin and kind of just connect to your world? Yeah, I, I'd say the best way is to is to uh, we just kind of redesigned our website, uh, franchisebuildingexpert.com. Uh, you know, reach out on there. You know, the contact us will will come will come in to me. That that's probably the best way to get me at this point. And and again, back, background wise, uh, certainly uh, my expertise, particularly as I uh, introduced myself, being the very very first uh, franchise uh, partner in the United States for uh, a global franchise, uh, that's a really, really unique experience. So uh, businesses or fr- businesses that are thinking about franchising or businesses that are already franchised or, or any small businesses, I understand what it's, what, it, what it's like to start when there's no market presence, there's nobody else around me. Uh, but then again, uh, you know, Action Coach today, as I'm, as I'm a part of the leadership team, a thousand franchise partners in 75 countries 20 years wow. later, uh, and and my Fortune 200 sized uh, business experience, uh, I, I understand what it looks like to have a, a really large company and work in a larger setting. So I can go from zero to fifty, so to speak, pretty quickly uh, in either small business or or in the franchising world. Awesome, awesome, Don. Thanks so much for being here, man. This is this has been awesome. The the five tips you gave us were great. The um, Book recommendations were terrific, and I can't uh, thank you enough. I'm really appreciative. I'm so happy you're uh, we're connected again, and we're we're back in each other's lives, and and uh, going to be working on some really cool things together. And for everybody who's listening, if you missed the five tips, go back and take. I actually I took notes. I took pages of notes here. I normally have my notebook out, and I left it on my desk across from me, and so I grabbed my paper and pen because I always catch myself. Um, taking great notes from you. Thanks, Don. I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, and everyone, I'll see you next time on the Not Your Average Joe Show. Make sure you connect with Don Shen. He's on Facebook and he's on LinkedIn as well. Just type in his name and you'll find him because he's got a unique name, Don Shen, spelled S-H, or sorry, S-C-H-I-N. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, Don, S-C-H-I-N, and uh, you'll find him. All right, everyone, Thanks, until next time. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto. 